0: Welcome back. Uh, This week, Colin and I are talking about empathy. I think this is one of the topics that you picked, isn't it? Empathy.
1: Why? It is. Well, there's a number of different things. There's the word empathy. There's being empathetic. or there's being an empath. Um, If you give an idea, I was speaking to someone earlier on today, and she said, She called him. She said, "I'm really saddened, like really saddened. I feel so saddened. I'm like, why do you feel saddened?" She said, "Well, I see all the suffering in the world, and I see all the suffering with others, and you know, I feel so fortunate, so grateful for my life. I'm just full of gratitude." And so I I kind of was thinking because there is a an idea that we have a relationship with ourselves we have a relationship with other people we engage with ourselves we engage with other people and as part of that engagement we are sensitive to the feelings that other people have or not as the case may be and then we respond to them and what i'm thinking about when i'm looking at and looking at empathy is i'm, I'm trying to understand the the interactions between different people how they respond within those so i chose empathy tonight because what it is i i feel that we feel that we're empathetic or we're empaths however are we are we actually empathetic are we empaths or are we actually bordering on sympathetic does that make sense
0: yes and I think I think the distinction between empathy and sympathy is actually a very important one. Where mm-hmm. I remember it was one of the lectures actually in medical school where I went to, and they talk about the difference between the two. I think is one of the communication skills that you know medical training really often involves. Both mm-hmm. of them are really active process of um, using ability, our ability to share someone else's feelings, sometimes experience. But one is more about like really stepping into someone someone else's shoes. So so empathy is about kind of almost using your imagination about it because it's not necessarily a situation that we have been for ourselves, not necessarily feelings that we have had or experience that we have had in the past, but we're kind of like using a lot of, we would be doing some visualization work lately. So I, I almost think of visualization, but I think in the Western medical sense, it's more imaginations, and or intellectually trying to think how the other person is feeling. While sympathy, with the roots of the word, is much more about having the same experience so you have been through something quite quite similar because a sin or the root s-y-n is about together it's with and panthos which is experienced misfortune emotion condition so it's, it's about you having actually very similar thing and you you then have the sharing process between yourself and the other people or maybe with yourself again like Colin's saying you can be sympathetic to yourself as well Interesting thing is when I was researching researching about the two is that sympathy apparently is a much older concept. It starts around the 16th century, so it, it seems to be things that people have come to terms with a lot earlier. Maybe in a philosophical sense, maybe in a psychological sense. Whereas empathy is actually much newer. It, the term itself was coined, I think, by a German psychologist at the beginning of the 20th century and it's from um, the German word, um, I'm going to pronounce this very badly, long, which actually means sensitivity. So it's more used in the modern day sense. And I do wonder, why do we have to develop this concept if there's already a term sympathy?
1: I, I'm, I like what you just said, um, and I liked your separation between sympathy and Empathy, I I really do. What I'm feeling is that I think there's a blurred boundary with regard to sympathy. And I also think there is also a blurred boundary with regard to empathy. Because, in one sense, if I've experienced the same thing as someone else, doesn't that create a bias within me when I'm working with them and I'm interacting with them? So automatically let's say i'm in in a situation where someone has gone through let's say the same trauma that i've gone through what then occurs is that i then find myself in a situation where i start to be re-triggered by that and i become emotional and i side with those that person's emotions within it but with an empathy there is a sensitivity and for me empathy and compassion sort of link together very strongly does that make sense? So I, I, I see empathy as, um, like you say, being sensitive to others. Um, and I think an issue occurs when we're actually oversensitive to others. So there is a loss of a boundary within that interaction. Naturally, if we are empathetic, we can feel other people. So there's a kind of feeling that actually occurs between ourselves and someone else. If we can feel and we can feel others. We can feel others' emotions. We can feel others' feelings. Actually, I think that empathy is, is a more sophisticated way of approaching our relationship with other people. Whereas I think that sympathy, um, there is a bias. There is this very strong bias where we start to take a side. We start to almost become angry when someone else is angry. We it, 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 Almost there is an instability within sympathy for me. That's just my perspective of it. Um, um, but what i like to do with you today is explore these things, explore empathy um, and what, what empathy actually is. It, it's linked to relationship, but also sympathy as well, is to really understand the differences between those two. And also, is empathy a weakness or is it actually a strength? Because when I'm thinking about being empathetic, when I'm thinking about being compassionate, is empathy is compassion is it a weakness is it is it a vulnerability which actually puts me in a situation where others can make use of that or is it actually a strength where i can use that relationship that i have with other people actually for their advantage and for my advantage in a healthy environment but i don't
0: yeah and and as you were saying that and i remember in my research i read up on one of the definition i think it's one of the more modern psychological journals definition where they describe it, it uses both emotion as you to another person who's suffering which is the greek definition of patience patience being someone who's suffering mm. and they said um which i actually slightly disagree i think i agree more with you colin where they describe how empathy is about you being able to, uh, you see the person who suffer almost as if the person is at the bottom of a pit and you're willing to walk down there to actually be with the person in the pit. While sympathy is kind of like you seeing the person who's suffering, but actually stay above ground and kind of staring down a little bit. I personally, when I have learned the definition that I've learned and i given earlier on, I almost thought there's a bit of a reverse where as you said, if if it's something that I've been through myself, uh, so in the sympathy sense, in a sympathetical sense, I'm more likely to be triggered. I'm more likely to actually walk down the pits with the other person. Whereas I think empathy, when I use it in my clinical practice, I'm more likely to have a slight distance. I'm not blinded. I can still see the suffering from the other people, but I manage to... like not go down to the ditch or the pit myself I mm-hmm. actually maintain myself in a position where I'm actually able to help right. um, and I think that's why I like you bringing in the concept of compassion as well because again these terms are all very very similar and actually in a lot of ways they're cynicism but I think one definition that I found about compassion that I quite like is it's basically uh, active sharing of the emotion but at the same time there's an added desire to alleviate the person's suffering or distress so i think i think it's that other component where actually if you yourself or you i myself is not in the pit with the other person who's suffering i'm more likely to be able to help the other person
1: so in one way with sympathy there's almost a blurred boundary that is occurring and, and i think for me that's an important starting point and within empathy there is a clear boundary so there is almost there is a a clear boundary in place within as you just mentioned with regard to in a clinical sense working with someone and interacting you're you're listening you there's an active focused listening within an empathetic situation whereas in a sympathetic situation almost that there is um there is emotional bias there is a um A generalized listening that is triggered where often because we've been through it before or we are sympathizing with someone there is almost the the ability to jump to reinforce the blame and excuses used by that person or to add the blame and excuses ourselves to the other person we're having the dialogue with them have you had that in clinical practice where yourself i think
0: so i think I've definitely seen colleagues where, um, where if they have been through a similar situations themselves or their family has gone through similar illnesses themselves, very often they find it much harder to be involved in certain cases. Um just because I think then the then the distance itself is almost not enough for for the person to maintain a clear head. And in some way, I think I think that's also why the General Medical Council, GMC which is kind of like the British National Council for um registering and uh, registering doctor um for our licensing and work, actually advise us not to kind of treat our own friends and family. Because I think, I think in some way it's a slightly different concept, but but it's the boundary where it's blurred and almost you 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 we get a bit too emotionally vo- involved in the whole process where almost the capacity of care is not as good
1: Mm. so within empathy with a blurred boundary there's there's a change in space there is a there is a constriction of space within the relationship dialogue but within empathy there is a holding of space there is a continued space within that aspect does so for me that defines that and uh, that's just, I'm just trying to think about this from the top of my head and just kind of feel it as, as it were. Um, within sympathy, I think there's a, a, a reaction that actually occurs. And so there's a reaction of emotion or an emotional led response. But within empathy, I think that there is a link, but also with a small distance. So that's the best way I can describe it in in that area.
2: And I think another way to look into
0: it is when I'm looking in, uh, into empathy, actually, a lot of people give several types of empathy. Um, they give a type which is effective so it's more emotional where you kind of feel what the other people are feeling
3: mm. there's
0: a cognitive type so it's much more about thinking as I said earlier on it's more like you are trying to understand using your mental faculty to actually really understand it and in some way I'm almost using the example of method acting like Stan Stanislavski's uh, method act- acting where you kind of using your own experience and thinking oh what situation have I been through that is similar what feeling was I thinking oh that may be how the other person is feeling at the same time so uh, at the moment so it's not a very instinctive emotional sharing it's more was like you have to think about what may be happening to the other person but there's also other smaller type like somatic and things like that as well so I think I think that in some ways quite good distinction from sympathy because I when I think about sympathy there's almost a a bit of instinct, instinctiveness in it, where because you have that experience yourself or myself, it is it came out quite naturally. Whereas empathy, there's definitely much more active component to it.
1: It's interesting because I, I almost, in a way, I, I think that empathy is beyond thinking, and and I think that to, to 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 have a to define a sort of, I, I think that it it really is, it's more of a fluid thing. So if I, if I look at, um, I think that I, I look at meditation as being more empathetic, I'm creating a link with someone and within that link, I'm holding a space. And within that space, I'm starting to actually understand a lot about the person without actually thinking about it. So it comes to me. So for me, it's a meditative process. And that for me is empathy because actually what I'm doing is I'm holding a space, I'm keeping a distance I'm understanding the emotions that are in place, but I think the difficulty for most people that describe themselves as empaths and not being able to deal with the situations, they get overwhelmed by the emotions within that link. Now, as they get overwhelmed by the emotions within the link, they don't know how to deal with it. And it goes in one of two directions. One is that they get overwhelmed so much that they carry that emotion and they don't know how to dispose of that emotion. So they don't know how to process it. They don't know how to deal with it. In other cases, they have that link, they acquire that emotion, that feeling, and they then transfer it into themselves. And they believe that it's actually about themselves. So that it becomes it becomes sort of almost a reverse issue within this. Um, so it creates a trigger inside. And both situations, I think, actually lead to dysfunctional behavior, such as the use of drugs, alcohol, alcohol. Um, Uh, you know etc in order to actually deal with with the with the with with that link that they're creating which is a very pure link with someone and it's beyond the mind you know it's a very it it feels does that make any sense
0: yes and you know I always love when we have whole slightly different points because actually well my question was is empathy meditative because some of the definition I found I'm going to just read those out Is the imaginative projections of a subjective state into an object that so sorry so that's the object appears to be infused with it Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful but it uses word like imagination it uses word like projections and um, a subjective state where I almost when I come back to my experience of meditative process is not it seems to be a little bit more clouded, but that but that is the definition that I found in the Western sense. So maybe, maybe we are approaching the term empathy from a slightly different angle as well.
1: And I don't think so, because I think that in the first stages of meditation, when you have that first interaction, all the time it's tainted with your imagination and your memory. And I think that becomes an interesting thing because. We don't realize that our interactions are tainted with the memory and imagination until we create awareness that they actually are and then we can dissolve those memories and those imaginations to have a much more purer connection but i think as a definition i don't think we're on we're too different i think that actually there's a process to empathy Um, and i think that the starting process is a healthy process is to start to understand the interactions we're having whether we're oversensitive to them, whether they're tainted with imagination or whether we're using imagination to fuel them.
0: However, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking from a slightly lack of experience. I often think people find a very intense link with another person quite overwhelming. Mm. It's just yesterday I was speaking to um, a client where she was talking about um, she's sharing some stories with another person that she met on a course and they were chatting. And then at some stage, the other person shared a very almost sounds like she used the word profound, the profound experience or profound goal in life. And she's quite, quite overwhelmed by it. And almost she has to take that emotion and take that profound experience home with her and almost have it with her for the next few days. Um, and and I, when we talked about that, and she still seems a little bit almost shaken with the experience and that has already been like two three weeks after the experience itself and I think as we as we kind of dissect it a little bit more we realize it it, it was at the stage where the other person wasn't oversharing wasn't undersharing and she was in the stage where she's really actively listening to her and not like I'm not trying to people-please it, we're not trying to be distracted, and not thinking about themselves. It's just really focused on listening listening to the other person. Mm -hmm. But that itself, then, the experience is very overwhelming. It's, It's a very good one, but at the same time, it's a very overwhelming one. So I think what you said earlier on about how then people not being able to process it sufficiently and they kind of have to turn to other visors to help them to hold those spaces within themselves is actually... I think actually it's quite, quite common, isn't
1: it? It's massively common. And I like what you really said about active listening because with an active listening, there's a huge amount of space. And for me, space and sound are one of the most important things when connecting with people, what they say, what they don't say, how they say it, what occurs, the feelings that occur within the space. I believe that a lot of people have trouble with empathy because they because of the emotion that they feel or is triggered it brings a lot of things up for them and I think that if what happens is that we understand that to be able to feel someone else and to understand what's going on with someone else is actually an ability it's a skill and it can be used and it can be harnessed in the right way I just don't think we're being taught about it. I think we're being taught about the feelings that we have, which is an anxious feeling or a overwhelmed feeling. But I don't think we're taught how to actually use it.
0: Yes, I think we've been taught to be that empathic, say, a lot, at least in in the experience that I have been. Because if I look at... Some of the signs of good empathy in my research is about good good being a good listener and um, people will be happy and comfortable to tell you what the problem is uh being in tune with other people's feeling being considerate and trying to help other people who are suffering cares deeply about other people but at the same time and um, good at telling uh when people aren't being honest with yourself and these are the signs that actually even outside of my medical practice seems to be a lot uh, you know I I grew up and been taught a lot of these qualities and as you said yes I think we a lot of the time we've been encouraged to be empathic in our society or community because it really does help with interaction you know being able to listen to other people being able to kind of be in tune with the other people to to understand each other is very very important but at the same time I do wonder do we turn those skills inward because one of the benefits to really have a good empathy is actually be able to help self-regulate our own emotions. But I do wonder: do do we often turn the skills inward? Can we can we have have we been taught to be uh, empathetic to
2: ourselves?
1: This is probably one of the interesting things within yoga school is that you look at getting the right relationship in the in the right context so it's to give you a guide because most often we can be compassionate towards someone else and compassion towards someone else is an interesting thing because we're listening actively listening we actively want to help someone and we want to make sure they don't get into trouble again so we're putting interventions in place But within this, there needs to be a certain set of boundaries with our involvement and how we get involved in it. Quite often, people can be compassionate or empathetic to other people, but yet they can't do it to themselves. So they go on a cycle of beating themselves up when they're in a situation where they should be compassionate. Or does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I I remember a client that I was speaking to last week. Did today I got all the examples? Um, mm. Yeah, I think he'd gone through something very traumatic recently, um, but but he's dealing with it quite somewhat well. And then th- I think three days after experiencing some bad news, he has to go back to work. But he performed it in in a slightly suboptimal way. I think he could have done better. I think that was the feeling that he gave me. that like, oh, could have done better on that. You know, I I could have been more. You know. Focus in my task, I could be more um uh expressive in how or, um better in my interaction with my colleagues, so on and so forth. And then I think that then I was like, well, but you you've always been very caring with other people. If, if you met yourself uh as a as a colleague or as a patient or as you know, someone that you work with as a customer three days after and their traumatic experience and they managed to stand in front of you you know, fr- freshly washed and dressed, eaten, actually somewhat functioning in front of you, what would you say? I would like, probably say, well done. It was like, would you mind if there are some slips up here and there? And it's like, no, not really. I think it's a very, very good job that he managed to stood in front of me all <laughs> together. I'm like, well, then maybe that's something to look into, where if you can do that to someone else, can you always imagine yourself as the other person and do it to yourself? And I think that is a very, very hard skill. It's easy for me to say it, but I don't think I can practice it that much either myself.
1: So what you're discussing is the coherence and that actually, the coherence of the relationship we have in the world, the relationship with ourselves. And you're also
2: describing very
1: beautifully that we have difficulty in listening to ourselves. We have difficulty really being aware and translating the feelings that we have to make very clear decisions, to stop us getting into trouble again and again and again. So in fact, empathy is this also this two-way thing, this way of actively listening and actively feeling and making the right decisions based on that because that means there does need to be space and there also needs to be unpredictability within the action because if I'm predictable within my action I'm actually coming from sets of patterns which are based on engagements that I've always had. More and more I'm looking at unpredictability in action but with a consistency in my approach which is one of stability so really what you're talking about is stability internally and stability externally i i think that there's also a patience that comes as part of being empathetic because actually with a good link with people and with patience, I, I see that actually there's sort of almost an expansion and contraction that occurs when you're engaging with someone. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I had this um
2: this client this week, and
1: unfortunately, her relationship went wrong. and she was she thought she was going to get married to this person, and she was very, very upset and she started to beat herself up about the whole thing, about what was, you know, it's my fault. I'm in this way, you know, who would, who could love me, you know, who can find me attractive. And, and it, as she was saying it, and then I repeated the words back to what she said, she really got an understanding of the words she was using. So, just by repeating those back, she was able to change her perception of herself at that point in time. So, I think that sometimes just by holding space, by listening, by using words very, very carefully, by keeping a stability, I think it, empathy and empathetic approaches can be very helpful. But this is in one way. I also see that there is a also with an empathy because we use space because we use listening because we use feeling because we use sensitivity as an advantage that actually we can feel what other people cannot feel we can know what other people cannot know or are not aware of just yet and in a way we can help people to be aware of the things that they're actually not aware of
3: I think that
0: interaction is definitely very useful because you you point out or you often point out things that other people can't see, and that that a lot of times the job of a therapist, as you were saying all of that, I, I, my mind's going off into a tangent because you mentioned the word patience. Um, <laughs> as those of you who know me, patience, patience,
1: patience rather than patient. Patience. Exactly,
0: patience. Um, patience is a virtue that I I, I I do work on mastering. And I think a lot of the time it's much easier, you, uh, much easier to practice mm. patience on other people than patience on within. Mm. But almost as you were talking about the space, external, internal, I, it, my mind goes off a tangent because patience really links with the concept of time. And I think it might have been you or it might have been another teacher that I have who have told me actually we experience time differently, external, internal. I think externally, we the, the concept of time is much more bound by the constructs and rule of the world, like the clock, like the calendar. Whilst I think internally, time is slightly less bound. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about my own experience of it, yes, practicing patience on other people, is sometimes easier, not always. Especially to some people, it's very hard to practice patience on. Um, but for some people, ex- practicing externally is easier because I can measure how m- how long I waited for. I can measure one time to the next time. Hopefully, the next time is slightly less than the first time, and you know I can slowly practice my patient But while so internally, I almost always want to get things done instantaneously. Because I thought, oh, that has been for so long already. Actually, while well, yeah, actual fact, it's only been three seconds. It's like, oh, why haven't I processed that already? It's like, well, it's been like about three minutes, maybe not just yet. So I don't know. My mind's going off attention at the moment. <laughs> no,
1: it's it, it, for me. This is the difference between, let's say, a sympathetic approach, which is almost got a pushing aspect to it. Um, it compresses time. It's got deadlines. It's transactional. Um, for. An empathetic approach for me is is, is, is very open. It's is very fluid. It, like you say, is that in an internal world, and I think empathy is from an internal world. It's from a very, very deep place. It, it's beyond time and space. It's the information you get in an empathetic world is beyond time and space, but then how it manifests into a physical world, like an emotional, mental world, can be absolutely traumatic or chaotic and change the relative time and space for the person that has that ability.
3: And I think that's why
0: almost, at least in my experience, internally is much harder. Mm -hmm. But I I think as we talk about that, I also thinking of almost like the opposite of being really good at utilizing your empathy or you having the a very good ability and boundaries of empathy is when it almost like being too empathetic and you so I'm so overwhelmed by the emotion and getting really burned out, really drained, really exhausted. Because that sometimes get into states where we have something called emotional hardening. I know we've spoken about this quite a few times and I think I, I think that's very interesting because we there is that it also runs a risk where you constantly so, so trying to link with other people, but the experience itself is so much and taking a toll on you or myself and actually have to, at some stage, have to learn to kind of build war or armor around myself mm-hmm. um, in order to be able to carry on functioning, not you know being overwhelmed all the time. But then that almost make, make, make the interaction feels a little bit detached. The reason why I think about this a lot is I think a lot of the doctors um, or healthcare professionals or therapists yourself, I think, I think might share the same same experience, which is after a few years of practicing, that is quite often a common state.
3: Because
0: mm. in the beginning, we, 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 we're all so good people, we're all such good people and try so hard to work with other people and try to feel what other people's feeling, how we can help them, investing ourselves into helping other people. But then at some stage that we realize actually that that you unless you unless we practice properly, you don't have an infinite amount of resources within. And then you get to a stage where actually, I need to conserve something and reserve something for myself. And sometimes it I, I almost like the reaction is a little bit of a rebound and overbought on the other side.
1: For for me, this is a the impressions, the emotional impressions that are actually left on me, are not wiped from the system. We haven't actually processed them, and so actually our engagement comes from those emotional impressions, and our interactions are our interactions are, are really tainted by those emotional impressions. I,
2: I think that in empathy there
1: is a there is there is a value. That is created between two people, and I think the relationship is not disposable. It's actually it, it is one that's very carefully considered. But if we put that into a modern framework, where there is so many fast interactions that sometimes have the time to be moderately deep sometimes deep sometimes they're very shallow but still we're able to pick a lot of stuff up and we go through situations that are very very traumatic quite
2: often and
1: i see this and and see this in social work quite a lot where at first there is a complete understanding of what's going on within a situation there's very clear understanding But then it becomes very normalized. There is almost the impressions that are just left on the person completely and utterly. So even though they are and they have empathy within the situation, they have all the feelings. There is just, there, there is, a like you mentioned, just a hardening. There is a skin. There is a layer. There is a, they miss numbers of different things. Almost that there's a reinforcing of the,
2: of other impressions on them.
0: I think we see I see that in clinical practice quite a lot where I think more than once I've heard the stories where um in in like in the inpatient room or ward um at the at the at the nursing stations there will be a bunch of healthcare professionals standing joking. Occasionally having a refreshment because we, contrary to popular belief, we actually do need to eat and drink as well. Um, and then on the other side of that station, unfortunately, there are patients suffering, as we have said already, patients who are the ones who are suffering. And I think sometimes when families see that, it, it is very, very hard to watch in some sense because one side of the table, they are joking, laughing, trying to carry on, and the other side is really suffering. But from personal experience, actually, Because we're in that environment so often and so much, it's very hard to constantly be in that state as well. I definitely remember there are days that I come home and for unknown reason, I got really angry with (laughs) very small things. Maybe like my neighbor didn't put out the trash in the right way or the dishes that I left in the morning. So the anger is not just to other people, but sometimes to myself as well, to the smallest things. And I think, as you said, sometimes it's not knowing how to actually really process Mm. these emotions imprints that i have by being trying to be empathetic to people that i meet or even colleagues i work or sometimes even to myself and i think that that is the really hard part of empathy is how how to use it how to not uh, overuse it how not to underuse it, and how not to inappropriately use use it
1: yeah because this is one of my questions too because for me empathy is an individual ability and individual skill and you've worked as a doctor psychiatrist obstetrician surgery you've been in lots and lots of different environments and within each of these different environments we have a a commonality which is you have a patient Um, this is a common thing and then you also have those that are providing care within those environments and so you've got the patient you've got the care provided within that and then you've got the relationship that's occurring there it, is it something that you see a lot of with regard to empathy or, or burnout what 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 do you see quite a lot within these different environments within let's say psychiatry or within is, is there a difference between those in your perception or what you've seen or, or is it just completely
0: so, I'll start with my experience as a surgeon, and um, I think there's definitely a lot of burnout. I think medics in general, is there and then nursing and midwifery and healthcare system, there are lots and lots of burnout in you know, all the healthcare professionals. Uh, my my experience from surgery itself is is quite quite bizarre. I think that's the only word I can describe it myself. I, as you know, I, I cook a lot as well, so it's not entirely foreign for me to, to, to use an edged weapon or edged tool on, on, on a piece of meat. But the first time I have to actually perform surgery, it, it was a really surreal experience where in, a, in an ethical and moral and also legal way, I'm cutting into someone else.
2: Mm.
0: And I think that emotional experience is quite difficult and that really did take quite some time to really process and to make sense of. And I think I think that may be a slightly more extreme example of it, but at the same time, like a lot of medical interventions or even just day-to-day emotional experience with our patients, it, it can be very difficult.
1: But you're but you're linking but what you're doing in that environment is you're connecting very strongly with someone. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're going in to actually perform surgery, you're you're actually linking with someone. This is an actual person. There's a feeling from you and there's a feeling from them. And so having that link and that feeling, and then you are doing an intervention, and so there's there's a whole series of things that are coming up for you as part of that.
0: And as a psychiatrist, we have the uh, privilege to have longer op- appointment times. So previously, I may. Be lucky if I have fifteen minutes. Most of my appointment actually runs about ten minutes per session per patient. Whilst so now I have about forty-five minutes to an hour, um, which is necessary and needed in psychiatry. But at the same time, it means a lot of the time we hear much more deeper stories, emotional stories, life stories, where it can touch us a lot more deeper ourselves as well. But I think what's the difference in the in the in the training of a psychiatrist is actually we get given. An opportunity to share this experience, share this personal emotional experience in a group called, something called Balan Group. I think it's developed by a doctor, Doctor Balan. I think um, in initially for general practice, but now taken up by psychiatrists or psychiatry training much much more. These are places and spaces where, kind of like supervision that we do as yoga therapists, yeah. where we sit down and we share cases that really disturbed us like Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, it may be a patient, it may be patient's family, whatever it may be, and kind of describe less about the clinical details, but more about the emotional journeys that we go through as clinicians. Mm -hmm. And then other colleagues actually sit around and either share their uh, emotions or share their dissection of the case that they just listened to. Mm -hmm. And I actually find that very useful, at least at this stage of my work and training, because actually it helps me to, as you said, have someone else to give their perspective of what I've been through, Mm. Uh, maybe share their own experience and sometimes validate um, my experience. Sometimes this validates my kind of fantasy about certain things. And and I think after some time into these groups and supervision, actually it helps me to go through them myself, go, go through these processing myself a lot quicker. So I think that that is what I see is helpful in the psychiatry training or you know like to have that space have that supervision space.
1: Because actually being a professional in that environment you have that training where we have the capacity to help to process but let's say I'm just a normal person in the world who just naturally is an empath who links with other people who has other people's feelings gets overwhelmed by other people's feelings and I don't know how to express that I don't have other people that I can go to to talk to about these things so there is a kind of like almost in a way there is a I'm overwhelmed because I have this sensitivity and almost I want to isolate myself because I can feel other people. I take on other people's emotions. I feel like I'm a sponge. Um, and it's exhausting.
2: And I think, as you are saying that, I
0: think the other side of that is, I think sometimes we're not encouraged to express these emotions that we picked up as well. And I think that that can part be part of the problem. Um, Again, maybe yoga therapy work in a slightly different sense, where you 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 have we have the ability to actually express a bit more. But I think, as doctors, we are very much encouraged not to be too expressive, especially in psychiatry. I think, or even in as a surgeon, you're not encouraged to start expressing emotions.
1: Yeah, but we have uh, a joke. We go. We kind of go. You crazy psychiatrists. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but a lot of the time, we do hear very very sad stories, and mm-hmm. I think. Or or have or see very, very sad experience and uh, live events. Mm. And I think maybe maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe I'm just trying to hold it in for too much. But in some time, I think it's seen as a professionalism thing. I think if I start crying in front of my patients, in my medical work, work I, think, I think in some way that might not, uh, that might be slightly frowned upon. Let me put it this way.
1: But don't you ever get a situation where you feel the emotion within someone else, where they are you can feel that emotion cracking within them. They well up and, and you can feel absolutely everything. And as their eyes start to tear up, you feel, and it's not active, but your body just actually, because of the link between you, yours actually starts to do the same thing. Do you ever get that?
0: I do. And I think... I need to count I think I, I only ever cried in, the, in front of patient like two or three times but there are definitely more instant than that more numbers than that, that I actually really feel the other people's emotions but I, th- I think that's the thing I, I will often hold on to these uh, emotions and probably try to express them another time instead of, as you said very instinctively and actually let the expression um the emotion flows out I think that is the hard part as well personally mm-hmm.
1: Because there's something there where actually, the the emotion is so overwhelming that you, the link between you is, is is in the right way that the emotion comes out from them, but yet you're in a position where you're holding that, and sometimes it could be that the transfer between you could be you is actually your tears are actually releasing their emotion for them. Mm-hmm.
2: Again, I think maybe
0: maybe in psychiatry I can try to experiment with that. Maybe, maybe ooh, I, I I'm glad in somewhere I'm not over my surgeon days. I think if I as a surgeon, if I start crying for front of my patient, I think instead of the the crazy psychiatrist of being brand as the crazy surgeon.
1: And <laughs> uh, then be referred by
0: the to the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: it's, so for me, um me empathy is, is gentle it's kind of there isn't an abrasiveness to it it's a very gentleness it's got a very gentle aspect to it and it's consistent in its stability Yeah, it's also fluid so it it doesn't have you know it's not a kind of like a fluctuation changeable thing and it's not abrasive it, it's it's also not drama based as well um Whereas I think that other methods are very much drama-based of, of, of interaction. Um, it's just my my thinking about this.
0: So the interaction itself may not be drama-based, but the expression of the interaction may be somewhat dramatic.
1: Exactly. So the internal isn't drama-based, but the external is drama-based. Yes. So
2: uh... I think
0: I can agree with that.
1: Mm.
2: So how 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 empathic should we be as a yoga therapist? For me, everything is
1: in the is in the boundary. And do you remember we when we talked about boundaries? Um, I remember discussing boundaries with you where we kind of looked at a boundary. Is a boundary a protective wall, or is it like a a link from one and a place of link from one place to another place so does it protect or does it actually provide the the gap or the place where two things actually connect and so for me it's about where to place that line where two things actually connect and in each different situation it'll be slightly different with each person it'll be slightly different and to ensure that what's happening is that we get the level just right within that connection and that interaction that's my feeling i don't know how you feel about that i
0: think i think just like what we talked about in boundaries well i think about empathy is also how long you're holding on to the empathy with that other person as well do you only have empathy when you're with the other person do you carry on holding that empathy after the interaction and taking that empathy home as well or sometimes some people start developing the empathy to the person before even they meet them just by reading things it's where how how much of your empathy you did you dedicating to that to did that one case as well and I, I'm not sure if I shared this story um before um in in the boundary sessions mm-hmm. I know you give a really good story about not taking patients home But mine is when I in the first year of me being a doctor, I was on call and I've been called running around, around all the medical wards and, you know, doing drug charts, prescribing fluids, antibiotics, talking to relatives and, you know, looking out for sick patients. Um, Unfortunately, on this one shift, there's a patient who has been consistently deteriorating throughout the day uh, since the morning and then late into the evening. I think later on, unfortunately, the patient didn't quite make it. Mm. Um, But. In some fortunate, but at the same time, unfortunate way, um, another colleague of mine, another junior doctor is also in the hospital, he was not on call. He was the ward doctor who has been caring for this patient and has been refusing to go home and want to stay and help. Uh, It was obviously very, very, very nice of him, and I really appreciated the help. But at the same time, I think it it was, I can also see how it is not helpful for himself um especially when his fiance actually called me on the phone and say can you you know for the love of god and money send my fiance back home please because he needs to be home like three hours ago um and i think i think that is an example where yes i think having that intense link and being able to feel what the other person's feeling and then you know act from that capacity is very well but i think when they start infringing on times that you should should no longer be with the other person, with the person who is suffering, I think that may be really breaching boundaries and breaching a good use of empathy as well
1: So there's almost there's different links that occur with different types of people so in one way you can have a link with someone where you can, before you actually meet them physically, you can understand what's going on with them You've then got another link which is a link with a person that you're actively involved with so let's say uh, in a relationship between let's say um yourself as a as a psychiatrist and a patient and then we've also got relationships that are very personal very close to us and there's also there's other links that are occurring there as well so in fact we've got these links in lots of different areas, then we've got different forms of boundaries that we're having to put in those places. And we're having to adjust and adapt all the time between these different boundaries and these different links. It's a one, not a wonder why everyone gets so exhausted when they're interacting, especially when there is actually so much sensitivity in the world. I think we're more and more able to identify again and again, the feelings that we've got, but I don't think we know what to do with those feelings. I don't think we know how to deal with the feelings that we're getting. I think we're identifying them clearer. Do you think we're oversensitive to them is a question. Um, You know, because different generations say different things, you know, they'll say, they'll say something like, just get on with it. Um, But someone else will say, look, actually, I just need to really talk about this and go through this. So I'm wondering also, is there... like you said, sympathy has been around for a very long time. Empathy, you know, are, are we uncovering something that's always been there or have we actually developed it? You know, is it, is it that what's happening is that, is it that as we are understanding ourselves, as we're developing these different ideas, are we, are we creating empathy or are we, is empathy being something that has been an inherent skill within humanity?
0: I think how you bring in generation and time is very important because I'm just I'm just I'm just imagining now imagining the time when we have great wars and the depress, great depression and things like that. I think those would be the time where yes, it may be good that you we are in tune with and understand and can name our own emotions, but. For survival's sake, I think as you said, we might just need to get on with it and you know, not not dwell on the emotion too much. Not saying that may be the healthiest thing, but I think for survival, that might been needed. I think I think at the present we we're in a in an age where we have the luxury to actually really think about and also express and also deal with the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um have we have too much of a luxury? I, I really can't tell because I think we I probably need more time here before be able to make that judgment opinion. But I think, as you said, if we have been given more opportunity to identify with the emotions and feel our own emotions, I think a lot of effort also is to be expressing those emotions, and how to process them as well. Because I think just feeling them might be can be very overwhelming from personal experience, can be very overwhelming. It's how mm-hmm. how do we then Okay. Not use them, but how 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 do you, how do we make sense of it
3: mm-hmm. going
2: forward? Yeah, I agree.
1: So, as a, a guideline to empathetic approach, I I think that the first is to firstly be aware that something isn't right for, let's say, something isn't right for someone that we're engaged with, or we, even within ourselves. There's something. We've got to identify that, first of all, be aware of that, whether it's internally or externally. Um, and the next thing is to begin to have the ability to question either oneself or question the situation around us to create more awareness around it. So I think that it is probably the second step. And then with it, with that inquisitiveness, look to, with patience, look to understand and I use the word patience, holding in a gentle way, having some space around it, reflect on it, looking to be able to understand something. And part of that means that as if with patience, it means that I can begin to weed out the things that jump out at me straight away, which are within my mind. And those things that come up within my mind are just projections, which means I come to a conclusion on something. And for me, empathy teaches me something comes to me much, much deeper than what goes on in my mind. So for me, that, that not jumping to conclusions or blaming or excusing is, is part of this, because I need to be aware of what is triggered within me based on the interaction, the situation. and it's only at that point that I can really understand what is being said, what's really, really going on within all of this. So I, I think that what we are covering today and what we've covered is a beginning of a sketchpad towards empathy and understanding a little more about empathy. Um, what has come out today for you?
0: so much so so much but i think i I really like your almost not protocol but the 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 stage and steps that we can kind of practice empathy i think for me my lesson is always once you learn how to be empathetic or once you recognize that you can be empathetic i think a very good next step often is to start practicing an empathy to yourself and by imagining yourself as patient that you or clients that you meet and then see Mm. how, how would you kind of take care of that person which is yourself I think that that is in my experience usually quite a good step
1: and for me it's exactly what you said about the approach that we need to do which is that how we process these emotions when we're so sensitive because actually what we do is we create mechanisms which actually allow us to self-destruct based on those feelings and we need to stop those self-destruct mechanisms and actually start to process emotion because the sensitivity that we have is an ability
3: a very
0: valuable tool and ability
1: thank you stanford um Really, really good to see you again. I think we're going to meet, and we're, what are we going to discuss next time? Is it? I'm not sure. I think I think it might be avoidance,
0: or oh, I'm avoiding it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do avoidance.
0: Yeah. You you may not see me next time, just to you know have an embodied <laughs> representation of the theme.
1: <laughs> I I might actually distract and not answer any of the questions <laughs> that you pose. So I will see what I can do to. <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to it and thank you that was really enjoyable talking about empathy
1: good to see you and thank you so much everyone joined us thank you so much take care bye bye